This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Today, Pastor Ray Hanna from Australia We'll be speaking a message, the goodness of God is greater today than we knew it yesterday. And this message was recorded May 10, 2008. Again, this is his second message. You heard him one week ago. Let's begin. This is, uh, as far as the Saturday meeting, this will be the last meeting he's with us uh, for this trip. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, I think Pastor Hannah and his wife will be back. Yeah. First trip, he's traveled the nations for over 30 years. First trip he ever came to America. Yes, yeah. So he said that the Lord spoke to him and he. And he came here just to be with me mm-hmm. on television. So I was, I was yeah. uh, when I heard he was coming, and I thought he had, uh, you know, ministry lined up. And so I was just part of that agenda. So I feel very, very honored that he has come just to be with us. Amen. You know, that's the Lord, the Lord yes. that knows yeah. the beginning from the end, the Lord that knows the importance of relationships and the season of God and and networking. I go to nations, as you know, and I can speak to whatever I speak to, even if it's two or three hundred thousand at a time. Still, in these studios here, we can speak to more people every day than if I travel every day of my life and speak to thousands of people. Mm-hmm. I can speak to more right here every day, over the airwaves. So, these 11 programs are going to reach millions and millions of people. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. So it's, I believe, a tremendous seed that will go out there to the church at large. Praise God. And so that'll be a wonderful thing. We look forward to the future. Because I know there'll be times that we'll be together again. Not only here in America, but in other nations. I do feel a sadness that I'm not going to see him now you know, for a while, because uh, I really, really appreciate him and, and his wife. And uh, So without further ado, this is Pastor Ray Hanna. Uh, again, he's the uh, founder and president of International Evangelical Ministries out of Australia. I've had many opportunities to go to Australia, even to meet the Prime Minister before. I think now, pretty soon, I'm going to accept. Pastor Hanna can just share 
until the Lord's done today. On behalf of Mary and myself, Dr. Hansen, we just want to say how much we appreciate you. More than that, we feel so much one with you and, and with the ministry here and with all you folk. Thank you so much for your love and for your smiles. <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah. I publicly thank Doug too for being such a good pilot at this big red devil outside here. Yeah, beautiful machine. <laughs> Except the seats are so cold. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> it seems as though that we've met every one of you long time ago. We, uh, it, it's just really like coming back amongst family. Amen. And uh, we know that only God can do that. But there is a wonderful sense of his presence and an openness to the freedom of the Spirit of God, which I think we need to maintain. Amen. It's really good. Yeah. And thank you for all your love. Thank you for your prayers as we go from here. I do feel that we will be back. Yeah. But Amen. I can't fit you in this year. <laughs> as, you, as you know my program. Yeah. And uh, value your prayers so much for that five months of full-on frontline ministry but it's exciting I wouldn't want anything else praise God God woke me up this morning about three o'clock he often interrupts my sleep like that but uh, but I don't mind but he showed me some things I believe it's America there was two groups of most unusual looking animals. People loved them. One group was here, one group was there. They weren't dogs and cats and whatever else you have over here or anywhere else in the world. They were animals, but they were grotesque looking. People loved them. One group loved this group and one group loved that group. They got excited about them. Yet there was like fighting between them. Or they didn't really come together like that. And then something happened. They just ran for the woods. And then they all came together. I wondered why. And I looked. And there was a big animal that was laying down like a sleeping dog. And all of a sudden, it began to, began to wake up, mm. began to look around, and then it began to move. And fear and tragedy began to grip. Seems like everything. Seems like the vegetation. It seems like the people. Those groups that had come together, those animals, they weren't what people thought they were. And this thing began to rise up. And it's hard to explain what I saw happening. Mm. I was going to say in that place, I feel in this place, and I think it relates to America, I feel it does. Mm. Yeah. And then I felt myself, 
crying for this land. Yes, yes. Father God, Jesus. we just lift up mm. these United States of America you, right Jesus. now. Amen. And we call upon your mercy, Father yes. God. Yes, Lord. Show your love. Show your loving kindness. Whatever this means, Lord God, I pray by the Spirit of God you'll give us an understanding. But, oh God, again we say our faith and our trust is in you. May your name be praised. May your word, may your ways be honoured by the leadership, yes, by the men and women you, and the children of this land. Yes. Father God, Amen. we call them to you yes, in Jesus Christ. Thank you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, God. i leave that with you. Uh, that dog, when he rose up, or then what happened? What happened when he rose up? He started to look around and he began to move. Uh -huh. And his movements began to bring tragedies and atrocities. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not only on the people, but it seems like on the vegetation. I, I saw big trees. Yes, yes. They were all suffering because of the movement of this, this animal. I think in the broader sense of the term, it was an animal yes, yes. that was, began to move. Yes, yes. Slowly moved up, looked around, then stood and began to move. And its movements just touched everything around it. Yes. God, <coughs> show your mercy. You. Yeah, yeah, praise God. I don't know this morning whether I'm going to preach or whether I'm going to do a bit of teaching. But I, I just want to share. I know there are a lot of preachers and pastors who have got quite a portfolio of messages and say, eeny, miny, mo, I'll have this one for this place. <laughs> God bless it. <laughs> Dr. Hanson, this is something I've never shared anywhere. I was packing up the things and Mary was saying, come on, it's time you get your port ready. <laughs> and I was down getting something from God. I want to share it with you this morning. Experiencing God. EJ said when he was standing here at the beginning of the service, you can look out here. You can either take a picture of that or in reality, how much more distinct and clear and beautiful it is. Have you been looking at my notes? <laughs> no. You said you, you don't know why you said it. And I thought, I know why he said it. <laughs> and you'll see as we go through and sharing together this morning. Firstly, let's look in the book of Psalms 38 and verse 4. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I believe when these words were given, the thought and the intent behind it was not just to be words written in a book <coughs> or written in a psalm. It's there that you and I might taste and we might see 
the goodness of the Lord. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thirty-four, eight. Uh-huh. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And I believe as we go through life, if we pursue this, we're going to continue to find that the goodness of God is greater today than we knew it was yesterday. We will never ever stop finding out more and more of the goodness and the greatness of our God. We need knowledge of God. We need to know God. We need to experience God in reality. I don't know over here, but I know in Australia they're bringing out what they call reality TV. Absolutely shocking takes people into the, into the bedrooms of homes and every, uh, this is real, this is reality. I want to know the reality of my God. And so we need to enjoy the company and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He is a revealer. Hallelujah. Even Jesus, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he's going to take the things of mine. Everything that relates to me, he's going to show it to you. He's going to reveal it to you. So we need the company of the Holy Spirit. We need to enjoy his company. Have you been with somebody? You can't get away from them quick enough. (laughs) There are some people who are just negative from the time you see them. We need to translate our knowledge of God to experience. I don't just want to know God, I want to experience God. A lot of people know about him, but do we really know him and experience him? So we need to concentrate, I think, a little more in our Christian walk on experiencing God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I haven't got this one back to front. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Then it says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let me come back to that first part. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Your believing then will get you to God. Your questioning will never get you to God. You with me? God, are you? Are you? Are you really there? We ask a lot of questions, but our questions is never going to get us to God. We must believe. And when we believe that he is, then we are going to Receive the reward of knowing God. Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Most probably all know this one. While everything is going good, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Is that what it says? If the weather's fine, 
I'll never leave you or forsake you. If everything in life is like a bed of roses, that's where I want to be, says God. He doesn't make or put any conditions on it. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That doesn't depend on any situations or circumstances. It doesn't matter whether there be an earthquake or famine or violence or anything. God just says, look, I'll never leave you. Never, 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 never. When you look back into the Hebrew, sorry, into the Greek, that word never is like being multiplied five times. I will never, 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 never leave you. (laughs) And you can depend upon God. He stands behind what he says to fulfill it. But it's for us to experience. What if I've done something wrong? I will never leave you. His word remains the same. What if I feel that God is with me? His word says, even if you feel I'm not there, I am there. But we today who are born again of the Spirit of God, we don't go by feelings. We go by faith. And faith believes that he is. Faith believes that he is with me. Hallelujah. Amen. What if I didn't read my Bible last week? What if I'd never prayed the way I should have? He still says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Friends, God is near you. God is with you all the time. So God is all that he says he is. We haven't got time to go through the I am's of God. I guess you know them anyway. We can just say, I am, the great I am is with us all the time. Hallelujah. And this great I am is all that he said he is. Hallelujah. We see Doug over here. He tells us he was a footballer. I never saw him play. I either believe him or I say, come on, buddy, prove it. (laughs) I believe you, Doug. I think you could take us out in one blow. (laughs) But don't we sometimes stand up and challenge God? Hey, God, did you say that? You prove it now. No, that is not sinful. But isn't it better to say, God, I just believe. This is what you said you are. God, I believe it. Hallelujah. And that believing is rewarded. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there may be somebody here saying, how do I get back to that place where I left off in God? We speak about first love. And if you ever want to get somebody to be a good, strong witness for Jesus Christ, you get somebody who's just got saved. That first love for God is so bold, kind of goes in where angels fear to tread. (laughs) 
They've had such an experience with God and it's burning in their hearts. Hey, do you know what God did for me? What? You're talking about God? How do we get back to where we used to be in experiencing God? Do you know that you can choose to experience God? We were talking on program yesterday about making decisions. I felt such an anointing in that. (laughs) You can choose to experience God. You can do that any day. You can do it any time. It comes back to your choice. If you've sinned, repent. I'm not making any bones about that. The word of God doesn't water it down. If you have sinned, repent. And the repentant heart, God recognizes that. You draw nigh to me, that's what he is saying. If we draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. Hallelujah. Repent. Change your thinking. Change your thoughts. Change your actions. Sometimes we're expecting God to do everything for us. Hey, God, come on. Come on, God. Hey, yeah, do this, do that. There are a lot of things that we can do. And there are a lot of, I'm not feeling sorry for the devil. But sometimes I think he gets blamed for things he doesn't do. They call it a carnal Christian nature. We choose to do it. Not, oh, the devil made me do it. Poor devil, I feel sorry for him sometimes. But (laughs) Not really. (laughs) But you hear what I'm saying? You choose. A lot of things we do, we choose to do them. Change your thinking. Change your thoughts. Even pain talks to us. Hello? Oh, yes. Circumstances talk to us. And the language that they speak is not the language of the Word of God. That's right. You ever prayed, God, help me? Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes doing the will of God is sitting, being still. Taking time to reassure ourselves that God, you're with me right now. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. But when you try to be still, don't you find your mind just running off down the road? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you sit still and you say, okay, God, I'm just going to sit in your presence. And Oh dear, did I turn the, the stove off? <laughs> God, I'm just going to sit in your presence. Oh, I've got to get petrol for the car. Or, or gas is whatever you call it. Yeah. Does that happen to you or has it only just happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> your mind floods with all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. When this human body tries to experience the nearness and the greatness of God. I'm not a computer whiz. But there are some things I've learned to do it. The younger people leave it, they just leave me way behind. But I know that with that little mouse thing, you can put it on something 
press a button and delete it. I've often said to Mary, oh, look, I've spent an hour down there and I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Maybe somehow we've got to get a little bit more modern and on the computer of our mind just run that mouse over some things and click on delete. Get those things out of our mind. You might have to deal with them, but wait a little longer in the presence of God. Clear those things out. Have a clean page yes. as you come into the presence of God and let him write on the tablet of your mind or of your heart. Romans 6.14 Sin shall not have dominion over you. And I want to give you the reversed version. You can have dominion over sin. If God says that sin shall not have dominion over you, that means that you have dominion over sin. Experience what God says. Make that choice. Get that mouse over. Click on delete of all of those things. I know the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. But there are some things that we have to get rid of out of our our mind and out of our heart. Those things that we habitually come to. God's dealt with them, but we still hang on. Get that mouse out. Delete. We need to sometimes learn to understand the ways of our soul, the ways of our will, the ways of our mind. I was surprised to hear Dr. Hansen confess the other day that when he was a lot younger, he was a very strong-willed man. I thought he was perfect all his life. <laughs> what do you think, Grandma? <laughs> no, 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 no. We won't go down that road yet. <laughs> I've been in some situations where you dealt with a family, the teenage boy has been in, oh, Unbelievable situations. Mother says, my boy will never do that. But you and I can choose. We need to understand a little of the ways of our soul, of our thoughts, how to control them, of our will, how to bring that under control. Our mind, our emotions. For six days, God was busy. Seventh day he rested. There's a principle in that that goes through all the Old Testament and even into the New. They worked their field for six seasons, as it were, and then let it lay fallow for the seventh. Strange enough that right up in the the mountains in, in Mizoram, they do the same thing. They grow bamboo. Mountains, huge mountains, just covered in bamboo. They harvest it for the paper mill. They make paper out of the bamboo. They'll work it for for six harvests and then they will leave it. I wonder where they learned that. But it works. If you're having trouble with your will, your mind, your emotions, you work on it for six days and by the time the seventh day comes, you'll find a day of rest. I believe it's a scriptural principle. You try it. We are told to come into his rest. True? Mm -hmm. And you don't come into his rest on the first day. 
You can't change the principles of God, the patent of God that he has set. Let's come to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. The love of God is in your heart. This is what the Bible tells us. If his love is there, perhaps I shouldn't say if, but some people do. They say, if the love of God is in my heart, why can't I feel it? If the love of God is in my heart, why can't I experience it? This is absolutely magnificent country around here. Yesterday afternoon, Dr. Hansen gave Doug directions of where to go up to, what was that, Como Island? Camino Island. A Camino Island. Como someone or other, yeah. <laughs> but it, magnificent scenery. I just loved it. Said to Doug, Doug, stop. I just want to get and get a picture, you know. But around here, instead of talking about Dr. Hansen now, let's uh, take EJ and his wife. They're sitting here in their home. I'm certain that they could describe walking from here to the greenhouse. They could tell you the plants that are there, how long the grass is. They can tell you what tree is around. Why? They can sit here and close their eyes and they can go for a walk around these beautiful yards because they've been there. Is that true? You can close your eyes and walk in the presence of God if you've been there. I've been to Calvary. I've seen the Lord. Hallelujah. We were singing this morning, His name is wonderful. We've come into this place to call upon His name and worship Him because we have been there. We can sit here in these chairs right now, close our eyes. We know that God is there. We can see God. We can experience his presence. Amen. Amen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you do these things, you're going to experience God. I'm prepared to take the reserves of my life and put them aside to experience God. Speak a love language to God. Let God kiss you. Eh? He's not way up there with the airy fairies. He's not up there on cloud nine. You close your eyes and meditate upon God. Believe that God is here. Let God put his arm around you. You can feel it. Let God kiss you. Let him touch you. Is there anything wrong with that? No. The reserves that we have, and I think of a lot of pastors, a lot of churches today, are so religiously spiritual that they are spiritually religious. And God's not interested in religious people, but spiritual people, people who have received the Spirit of God. 
being quickened by the Spirit of God, being made alive to the Spirit of God, who can be in fellowship with God, who can experience him. Hallelujah. I think of the day of Pentecost. And I think of a lot of these pastors in churches today who say, oh, we don't do that in our church. We don't lift our hands to praise the Lord. But you see them singing a, a, a song or a hymn and under the seats they're tapping their toes. <laughs> oh, but don't let anybody see you doing that in, in my church. Everything's got to be decent and in order. Think again of the day of Pentecost. They thought they were drunk. Yes. Decent and in order. <laughs> hey? <laughs> God, give us another Pentecost. Yes. yes. Amen. Decent and in order according to you, yes. not according to men. <laughs> okay? I showed Doug a little clip on a DVD I've got here when the Spirit of God came down in that church up in Natima. Mm. They worshipped the Lord. It's a dirt, dirt floor. The walls of this church have been made by the, the young men who haven't got any work, so they got together and made some bricks. There's no windows, there's no doors, there's only about a quarter of the roof is on, they can't afford any more. But the Spirit of God came down. These four boys just joined together and they were dancing around and praising the Lord and the Spirit of God just swept over them. They are on the floor, rolling drunk. Absolutely. Wasn't that... Oh, they'd take up trying to get up and they'd fall back down and... And every time they fall back down, they were just like they were drunk all over and laughing and, and holy laughter. It was a blessing to watch. And it went on and on. Is that decent and in order? I wouldn't want anything else for those young boys than what I saw the Spirit of God doing in them. Hallelujah. You want to experience the presence of God. On the day of Pentecost, God came down. The Holy Spirit came into that place. I say again this morning, let God come down. Let God come down. You might feel stupid, but you'll feel free. <laughs> Amen? Amen? When God's in control, it's okay. You agree? Amen. I've never yet seen God do the wrong thing. That's right. God, let's experience your presence again. The intelligence of our Heavenly Father, not the intellect of man. The intelligence of our Heavenly Father comes amongst us. We learn how to become inadequate within ourselves, but we find that our sufficiency then is of God. Mm -hmm. You know, in natural life, we say people, oh, this person is so shy. This person is so self-conscious. This person feels so insecure. Do you know that 
we learn those things. You're not born to be shy. That's right. You come out of your mother's womb. <laughs> you don't care who hears you. You don't care who is in the room. You just let go. You're not shy. Oops. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have made that noise. You learn to be shy. You learn to be self-conscious. You learn these things. If they come to you, they can go out of you. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Take them. Put them aside. Come to that place where in God you know freedom and security. How do we practice coming out of self and into the presence of God? Let me take you to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, 15 and 16. Perhaps we should have verse 13. And you can read verse 12. (laughs) We'll start from 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift of God that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Don't neglect the things of God, in other words. The whole counsel of God. Don't neglect it. And then verse 15, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all or might be a testimony to all. The people of the world today are looking for reality, not reality TV, the reality that brings them hope, that they can profit in life. And if we today, who have come to know God, God, take us back to that place we We are conscious of your presence with us 24-7. Let us walk in that. And when you walk in that, you will love that. Meditate upon these things. And as you meditate upon them, give yourself to them. Your profiting is going to be a testimony to all. Hallelujah. Take heed unto yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will both save yourself and them that hear you. Isn't that one of how God gives promises to to us through, through his word? Meditate here means, it's the same word as imagine. I said before that EJ and Karen can sit here, close their eyes, and they can walk down the garden path. Be still and know that I am God. Imagine yourself in the presence of God. You can, you can do that. Just imagine. Meditate. Mad, imagine. They're the same meaning of that word. Just close your eyes. Imagine you're in the presence of God. He's coming to you. Putting his arms around you. Kissing you on the cheek. 
rolling with you on the floor, playing with you, walking through the garden, whatever. Meditate upon these things. Take time to do it. It's a busy world. We need 25 hours every day of the eight-day week. But we haven't got it. But if you give God one out of seven, you're going to prosper. Hallelujah. You'll get more done in six than you would in eight if you give God the one. Just close your eyes in the presence of God and imagine these things. Think on these things. See yourself giving yourself to God. See the presence of God around you. Not only around you, but coming to you, filling you. Now experiencing the presence of God that is with you. Some of you might even see yourself going, laying hands on somebody and praying for them. Just imagine that. Imagine it right now. See the power of God flowing through you. You're in his presence. He is with you. He has filled you. See his power flowing through you now. See that sinner person you're talking to and you can see the blood of Jesus just coming there and cleansing that person from every sin. How beautiful that is. Imagine it. Meditate upon these things. See the promises of God being fulfilled. Every promise he's given you. See that being fulfilled right now. Hallelujah. See his steadfast love for you. Experience his steadfast love. See his glory coming down, as he said it will in these latter days. I'm seeing what God has shown me. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, God has joined himself to your spirit. How wonderful. This God, this mighty God, this great I am who we are in his presence right now. He has joined himself to our spirit. We can never be the same. Changed into his likeness. Hallelujah. Acts 17, 28. Let this become so real. In him we live and move and have our being. God forgive us for going our own way and for doing our own thing. God in you, we live. Experience that. God in you, we move. Experience that. God in you, we have our being. How how everything is you. Sense his presence. Sense his power. Let's lift our hands and say, thank you, God, for your presence with me right now. Speak those love words to God. Speak those love words to God. We're in His presence. We're talking with Him. Oh, bless the Lord. God, I just love you. I just love your presence. Hallelujah. Praise your name, praise your name, praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Dr. Henson. Right. Thank Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he wonderful? Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just in your presence. We're not going to. We're not going to be in a hurry right now. I want you to continue to be consciously in the presence of God. Yeah. Keep focusing on the words that were spoken. Mm-hmm. Try to remember the truth that was given since he started. How we come into the presence of God, mm-hmm. how we stay in the presence of God. Yes. Hallelujah. And God will forgive instantly if we Oh, thank you. God. Just enjoying you, Lord. Just enjoying you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Completeness. Completeness. Again, we are not born like he's shared with fear. Not born with intimidation, insecurity. We develop these things. Yeah. Frankly, we developed them out of pride. Mm. All to protect oneself. The humble, the humble, the Bible says, are in the presence of God. Yes, God. Resist the proud. Pride again relies on themselves, their own strength, their own vanity. The humble relies on the strength of God, the being of God. Yes. It allows us to be complete, allows us to move without fear, allows us to be in peace. The humble can stand and not compromise. The proud always makes mistakes. Just continue to focus on what he said we're going to start to let God minister to us, but just keep trying to remember the word that was given today. Try to remember. Because we need to constantly live in his reality. Live in faith. Live by the word. And to do that, we've got to continue to focus yes. and remember the Word of God and then make the decision to do the will of God, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Delete areas that are hurting you, that is destroying you. 
That is cursing. You delete it out of your mind. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Jesus is not interested in any of the gifts primarily. He's interested in your character because the gifts are his to begin with. Yeah. He's not interested if he uses me to see signs and wonders, visions and dreams. He's interested if I can simply love him and obey him. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what he's interested in. All of the gifts are his. It's his power. We can't take any and glorify in ourselves. It's all his. And anything that he does through us is, is Jesus. Anything that we speak that's not of Christ, of some revelation, is Satan. But anything that's of Christ is, is his glory. Yes. I'm not interested if a person can name events. I'm just interested is, are you an ethical person? Are you a moral person? Are you an honest person? Or can I not trust you? Are you a deceiver, a liar? I'm not impressed at all with prophecy or prediction. I haven't seen anybody that can predict a day right yet. I haven't seen it. I know the seasons are what coming upon us, but I don't know a single person that I look at here or anywhere else that's predict any day right. The seasons we know. There's going to be a northwest earthquake, a gigantic earthquake. But the day I don't know, and I don't believe anybody in this room does. God is worried about your character, yeah. your morality, your ethics. That's what he's pleased with. That's what I am pleased with. I'm happy with that type of son or daughter. If I have a, four daughters, which I do, and they accomplish phenomenal things in this life, yet if they're not moral or ethical, if they're not honest, everything is, is done to me. It doesn't impress me a bit. I have sorrow. I could care less if they're a billionaire, discovered medical miracles, mm. if they're not moral and ethical, if their character mm. isn't mm. pleasing unto the Lord, I could care less about the rest of it. They don't please me. Do you understand what I'm saying? <coughs> mm -hmm. God is concerned with the, just the basics, one-on-one -on -one Christianity. Mm -hmm. That's what he's interested in. Just going to read what I wrote down. When he had his... See, the Lord woke me up at 2.45 this morning. I do believe God wakes us up. One, because that's when we listen to him sometimes. I know that's for me. I have more time on my hands at 3 o'clock in the morning than I do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. DJ's heard me say, I wish God would quit waking me up at 3 o'clock because I don't particularly like to get up at 3 o'clock every day or a lot. But a lot of times that's his calling card. For me anyway. Dr. Hannah said two groups opposite each other, ugly appearances. One big dog awoke and the two groups that fought each other ran as this, and I put this beast stood up bringing calamities, trouble to all, including the earth. 
I was listening carefully because I have the gift of interpretations of visions and dreams. And instantly I started to understand his dream, but I wanted to meditate a little bit longer before I spoke. And there's several places in the Bible, in the prophets, where you have an immediate interpretation and you have a secondary. But Dr. Hannah thought it was dealing with America, and it is, but eventually also dealing with the world. And I'll give you a little bit of the details. Again, he saw the two groups. So he saw the two hideous spirit groups or demonic powers that are influencing these groups. We could go with immediate Obama, Clinton, eventually Democrat, Republican, Obama, Clinton, but again, that season will end and there'll be Republican and Democrat. Some of the Democrats will vote Republican and it's irrelevant. You have demonic forces behind all of these groups. Yes. Ugly, hideous, demonic forces. Then you get into the homosexuals, the abortionists, slash heterosexuals, movie makers, whoremongers, drunkards. The spirit of the beast is getting stronger and stronger, and it will arise and spread disaster, crisis, and plagues everywhere. The spirit of the beast will arise, and it will spread disaster, crisis, and plagues everywhere. And it doesn't matter about these two groups, which are used by hideous demonic powers. It doesn't matter eventually Republican, Democrat. It doesn't matter homosexuals, abortions, slash heterosexuals, movie makers, whoremonger drunkards. It doesn't matter. It's all hideous, demonic powers and forces that fight each other, that the spirit of the beast that Lucifer is using, that fights the seed of Jesus Christ. And as the dog awakes and these forces these groups, these people move out of its way because the spirit of the beast hates them just as much as the seed of Jesus Christ. Lucifer hates them. He uses them eventually to destroy them. But he hates them like he hates Christians. Satan hates all mankind, not just the seed of Jesus Christ. He'll use you and kill you. He wants to destroy you and send everyone to damnation. He uses these forces to persecute the seed of Jesus Christ. So man hates us, but behind it ultimately is, is Lucifer himself. And there's a spirit of the beast that is rising in America and rising strong. Ultimately, one day, eventually, the beast himself taking flesh, but the spirit of the beast, the power of the beast is rising. And both sides, all powers, are going to come under its, its hate, its <coughs> wrath, so to speak. The plagues of God are not for the church. 
but for those that are not under the blood. And that wrath of God, the spirit of the beast, trouble that is coming, will come on both sides. And our only salvation is to be under the blood. But trouble is coming to America. Trouble is coming to the nations. What we need to do is, again, just make sure that our life is pleasing unto God. Judge yourself and you will be not judged. Don't be like Saul and give every excuse why you disobeyed God or the servant of God. That's vanity, vanity, self-righteousness, deception. Everyone that walks in deception and disobedience, their prophecies never come to pass accurately. You can give me a hundred days and none of one of them will come to pass accurately. It just won't happen. The Holy Spirit works through a holy vessel. I've been prophesying for over 20 years and I've never been given by God that Mount St. Helens will erupt on this day. Never. He hasn't given it to Daniel hasn't given it to John, hasn't given it to Ezekiel, or any other prophet. Speaks in seasons and shadows. Let's none of us be in self-righteousness, and none of us focus on anything more than your own life to be pleasing unto God. Not backbiters, not a spirit of criticism, spirit of gossip, murmuring, but let... Your primary concern is, is your life pleasing unto God? Is your life pleasing unto God? Is God happy with my integrity? Is he happy with, if I can represent him, if he gives me any gifts, do I give him all the glory? Do I want to receive his glory? Do I want to be this big man or whatever? God is not concerned over anything but your own holy vessel, that your vessel is pleasing unto God. That's the only thing that makes him happy. And anything else that he works through you is all Jesus to begin with. It's his glory, his honor, his power, his gifts, his everything. And all he wants to know is are you just a servant, serving him, loving him, following his commandments, living in judicial order, under godly authority? Can you just simply follow his written word? Simply follow his commandments. Just simply be a peacemaker. Just simply follow the roles and responsibilities all of us are entrusted with, whether they're in a home a business, a church, a ministry, a school, a government. It's all he's interested in. Nothing more. It's all I'm interested with my children. I don't care if they become millionaires, billionaires, create the greatest inventions. I don't care about any of that. If they are not holy and righteous and people of integrity and honor and ethics and morality, it's not pleasing to me because then they're selfish and arrogant and proud. Nobody can talk to them. I can't, God can't. They're a heartache to the Father, not a blessing. You following me? They're a heartache. So all of our accomplishments doesn't impress the Father and doesn't impress Jesus. 
The only thing that impresses him is, are you a good son or daughter? That's it. That's it. Can you work in the areas of responsibility God has placed you? Does your neighbor trust you and honor and respect you? Does your place of employment look that this is a, a person of integrity and honor and respect and trust? That's what pleases God. I don't want anyone in a hurry today. This is our Sabbath. We're going to sing. And then just rest in the presence of God. And let him keep speaking to you. If you're in such a hurry, you've missed his whole message. Yeah. One, I don't think you have a first love name in Jesus. You are still so wrapped up in the things of this world and all of the things you've got to go to. That's why you have problems. That's why you have problems. Whether it's emotionally, mentally, psychologically, in your family, in your marriage. Because you just have not learned to rest in the presence of God, let him speak to you and make the decisions to obey his word. One of the things we, we did in our programs, we did 11 of them. I'm not sure when it happened. What, I know even the other night in our Bible college, I made the statement, your decisions you make daily affect your present and your future. Your decisions you make affect your present and your future. And decisions all through life that I could have rebelled against authority as a young man, frustrated with either maybe they weren't perfect or maybe I just didn't understand a lot that I needed to grow up and understand. And God uses all of us. You can be a real good parent, but you're not a perfect parent because you're still carnal with character, flaws, that sometimes you lose your temper or whatever. But then all of that, God looks at our reaction to it. How do we react when somebody loses it? You know, how do we react? Do we get bitter? Do we get angry? Do we rebel? Do we do what Jesus said? Love and forgive. Honor and obey. There's no justification for reacting wrongly and putting the blame. I did it because of that. No. God used that to see your reaction now. Is your reaction of faith? Or do you also in your self-righteousness, immaturity, pride and vanity respond? Then you say, well, he did this. And God said, but now I tested you on your reaction and you failed. How do we react to how God deals with us in our life and allows us. There's no justification for negative reaction, and it's time you quit blaming everybody but yourself. You know, it's a long time since you were born and raised, so quit blaming your past. It's time you make the decisions for the present and the future. Amen? Amen. It's time we quit blaming our past. God has really put, especially in this ministry, in places for people to love you, develop you, turn you into that man or woman of God that can be complete. If we let him. The Bible says it so very clearly, even if you're a wife married to a terrible, I mean a terrible husband. I'm not perfect, but I think I'm pretty good, really. I'm, I'm just going to say that. My mother sure tells me, man, you really are pretty good. I try my level best to please my family and serve them and honor them and a lot of things. Yeah, that's a good self-esteem from God. But I'm certainly not what the Bible describes as married to a heathen that treats you terribly that you're still supposed to honor and by your love win him. Are you there? Are we there, all of us? Are we all there? It's time for all of us in this room 
as staff, all of us, you know. I won't go into anything I know by working with you or anything I know by revelation. A prophet deals with a heart. You know that. EJ knows that's the only thing I'm concerned with is your heart. That's what God is concerned with. A prophet is a gift of ministry from God, from Jesus, that he's concerned with. Since we're not Jesus, we don't move perfectly in all five-fold gifts like Jesus. You have the gifts of ministry working together. Amen? I love Pastor Hannah. Pastor Hannah is a strong evangelist, good teacher, pastor, like my father. Yeah. See? That's why, maybe one reason I love you so much. <laughs> I wish my father was still alive. I'll be very honest. I think that's very, I don't think there's anything wrong with missing people that have gone before. The last enemy that separates us is death any way you look at it. And we miss those that are gone ahead. Yes. Now, we don't grieve like the heathen and curse God and we're bitter. No. I thank God he's in heaven. But if I could have vetoed it, he'd have been on earth with me still. That's the way it would have been. He'd have been sitting here on my staff. And that's the way it would have been. I'd have vetoed it. The last enemy is death. And you can be super religious if you want, but I'm not. I miss my loved ones that have gone before, and it'd be great if they were still in this battle with me on earth. Maybe you got some wrong, different mentality, but I don't. Jesus called death an enemy for a purpose that separates us from our loved ones. And it's an enemy. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to go into just letting the presence of God bask us and letting you be in his presence long enough to listen to him and long enough to obey what he's speaking. For you to say, this is the day that I move into freedom. This is the day I move into completeness. This is the day I make the choices to delete things in my mind that have been holding me back all my life. This is the day I choose to love when somebody slaps me in the face. I choose to kiss them instead. This is the day I'm moving into the freedom and the love and the joy and the blessing of being able to serve Jesus Christ. <coughs> Amen? Yeah, man. This is my day. And our staff should have it if we try to preach it to the world. Yeah. Okay, let's just stand. And now let's just put everything out of our minds but focusing on the Lord. If you want to sit or lie down or whatever, you do what you want. I know I'm going to just uh, lay on the floor. Uh, I like to bask in the presence of God. I'm not going to be in a hurry.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel so conscious of the presence of God. Oh, so mighty, so wonderful. Hallelujah. Oh, God. We welcome your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. We welcome your presence, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be afraid to let him touch you. Hallelujah. And don't condemn yourself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe this is a, a change. This is a change. We have been changed from, from faith to faith, from strength yes, to strength. Yes. This is one of those changes, I believe, that God is making in our lives. Don't draw back from it. Let Him change you. It's good. It's for your profit, but it's for His glory. Hallelujah. In His presence. In His presence. Let the Spirit of God give you those imaginations of who you are and what you are. Those things of yesterday, they're gone. Yeah. Click that button. Delete them. Get rid of them. Let God put Thank something you, new on your page. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let him take you right now in that imagination to, to show you what he wants you to be and what he wants you to do. Yes. God, we welcome your presence here. Yes, yes. God, we just welcome your presence in this place. Thank you, mighty, mighty God. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, we welcome you. We Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we just have a quiet time in His presence? Yes. Just let Him do some talking. Okay. Are you listening? Are you listening? let the Holy Spirit seal in your heart the Word of God. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. 
Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.